Happy Mother's Day, everyone. This was May the 9th, 2021, Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie's Mother's Day service. We'll start off with the praise team, and they'll start off singing, Rise a Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. Defeated the 
for me. Jesus is alive and well. Now go tell the king and the president's men, the coming of the Lord is nigh. They better get their house in order. He's going to split the east yes, and Get the message out to the people. And let's tell them why there's time to tell That the Son of God is coming, hallelujah Jesus is alive and well Jesus is alive and well Jesus is alive and well Tell everyone you see and tell them for me That Jesus is alive and well He's sitting with the Heavenly Father Message, but Lord, just ain't it ain't in my heart to preach. Today's Mother's Day, and mothers a precious gift from God. That's message today, and I'm gonna come out of the Book of Proverbs, chapter thirty-one. What chapter is it? 30? 31. and uh, verses ten through thirty-one. Mothers is a precious gift from God. And that's wonderful, that's great. But the most, and at the end of the message, I was going to bring out the point that the most precious gift of all was when God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. Amen? Uh, if y'all will, stand with me one more time. I'll, I've prayed about this. God's burning something in my heart. If it works it out, I'll preach it. If not, I'll sing a couple courses and we'll go home. 
because I don't try to do what God don't want to do. I don't force God. Sometimes God will force me because I want to say, well, Lord, let's do this, but no. He don't force me either, but I have a choice. But I feel such a presence of God in this place this morning. That I don't want to miss it. And there's a song that says, Prepare me to build sanctuary. That ain't what I got. This is what the Lord moved on me this morning. So I may preach some of this if the Lord goes that way. And it's hadn't been rehearsed at all. So. But I want to sing a song. A sanctuary. I was thinking about a sanctuary. What is a sanctuary? Sanctuary is a place of safety. It's a temple. Uh, how can I say this? It's a temple. Of, it represents a temple of holiness. If I can say that right. So this song says, Lord, help me to be a sanctuary. In other words, a temple. Now, we know the Bible declares to you and I this morning that we are the temples of God. So if we be in the temples of God and God living in us and God, if we are sanctuary for God, it's a temple of holiness. Amen. The Bible says he, he would that we be holy even as he is holy. How many believe God's holy? So we are a sanctuary this morning preparing ourselves for whatever God wants to use us for. That's my goal. Let's sing that chorus. Joy, does the mic on? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Father, thank you, Lord, for such a sweet, just a sweet, settling spiritness in this place right now. God, I just thank you, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to be in your presence today. Masters of privilege, Lord, to be able to call on the precious name of Jesus. God, knowing that you gave your only begotten son and your son gave his life, Lord, this morning that we could have life. But God, not only life this morning, God, we can have life even more abundantly. And God, we're so thankful for that today, God. And Father, we're so thankful that we know that we have put on the whole armor of God. And the Bible declares no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, Lord. And God, we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Because it's not all about us. It's not all about me. It's all about you and Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord, that's who and what it's all about this morning about what the Holy Ghost desires what he wants God and I pray Father that you just overshadow this house this morning God Father Father, from the front pew all the way to the balcony Lord with the presence of the Holy Ghost Lord as you will move and sweep over this place and touch those and bless those those that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost I pray God that you move miraculously Lord they would just be desiring to have you more and more and more God Father in their heart God they'd be seeking you more and more and more and God it's a gift from God we don't have to beg you for anything God, Jesus said, ask, you shall receive. And God, we're asking this morning, God, Lord, the Holy Ghost, have your divine way in this place. Move, I pray. Touch and bless and heal and deliver and set free, God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for touching those we've already prayed for, Lord. By faith, we're stepping out and believing, God. It shall be done. If you say it, don't doubt it, believe it. It shall come to pass. So, Father, this morning, we're doubting nothing, but all faith, release and turn it loose and let go and let God do what he wants to do in Jesus' name. Somebody give him praise and glory in the house. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. You might be seated if you so desire. God's so good to us today. He really is. Hallelujah. Jesus, help us this morning, God. What you got? I was coming to church this morning. The song we just sang, I was going to ask David after church, to put it in one of his, his singing and praise, <coughs> praising the saints' word. I didn't get here quick enough. But God has answered that prayer through you. I know that this is, is in line with what God wants you to say without a shadow of doubt. Because I was singing that song when I come in, driving. It was on my heart. <laughs> and I was going to ask you to do it. Bless you, Jesus. God answered prayer before you got here. Yes, 
night uh, this morning I got here and I was kept pushing it uh, and it's nothing fantastic it's nothing outstanding it's nothing elaborate it's just what I feel the Lord has put in my heart this morning uh, as I said I, I, I got a I, I've got a, a Mother's Day message uh, that I can preach at any time but today's Mother's Day I called a dear friend of ours the other night. Uh, the Lord just quickly put him in my heart, put him in my spirit. I was watching TV a little bit, and a guy was talking. And it sounded just like him talking, and the Lord just put it in my spirit, call. And I did because I wanted to check on him. I hadn't heard from him in a right good while. Hadn't seen him in... I was trying to remember this morning when the last time I saw him was. I remember doing a funeral in Cleveland, Tennessee. He used to pastor in Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, that church got a prophecy. And uh, we did a funeral. Uh, one of the church members' um, mother passed away. The one had the funeral in Cleveland, so we went to Cleveland, Tennessee, and did a funeral. And um, Brother Guy Lindsay uh, is a, um, when I say a friend of ours, I mean a dear friend to me. He's basically part of the family. He's the one that married me and Sister Judy back in 1974. And he counseled me real well. When he counseled me, he sat me down. He was talking to us. He said, I want you to understand something. I said, what is that? He said, you see the pretty girl you're looking at? I said, yes, sir. He said, now, when you get married, it ain't going to be like that. You're going to wake up. She's going to look different. That breath's going to stink and all this kind of stuff be going on. I mean, that's what he counseled me. That's what he told me. He said, She's going to be a different woman. I said, well, that's okay. I can handle it. He said, you sure? I said, yes, sir. He said, if you can handle that, you'll be all right. <laughs> so 47 years later almost, we still handle it. But he's a dear friend of mine. He's, he's, over the years, he, he's really been a blessing to us. And uh, I called him the other night. He lives in, in, in Mississippi, right outside Tupelo. And I called him, check on him. And they haven't had the COVID and nothing like that. And Brother Lindsay's up in his 70s. I don't know exactly what age he is. He's up in his 70s. He retired from the Army. He was a chaplain in the Army. And he's just been a blessing to us over the years. And I called him the other night. And he, he made a statement. I talked to him. He asked me how the church was doing, how we were going, how things were going. And I told him we are doing well. The Lord's blessed us. And how God is just moving in different directions, different ways. And he said, that's good. Then he asked me a question. He said, Jerry, where are you going? He said, where are you going? And when he, when he made that statement, when he asked me that question, it stuck with me all this time. He said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm praying and working, trying to live for the Lord and do all I can for the Lord because I'm going to heaven one day. He said, that's what we're all striving for. And he said, I want you to understand something. I said, what's that? He said, it's not where you are right now. It's not where you are right now. Church, listen to me careful. It's not where you are right now. But son, it's where, you, where are you going? Can you concentrate on where you are right now. Where are you going? He just said that we're all striving. We're doing what we know to do to make heaven our home. So I asked him, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, me and my wife are just sitting around being old. That's what he said. I said, well, there's nothing wrong with that. You've, you've earned it. You deserved it. So sit around and be old. I'm looking forward to where I can get to where you are, to where maybe one day I can sit around and just be old. But that's not in me right now. God ain't put that in me right now. But he said, where are you going? And I begin to think about that, and I begin to wonder, God, where are we going? What are we doing, and where are we going? And God began to move in my spirit. He began to put, it's like when Moses was in the desert, 
doing his father-in-law's sheep. He was, he, was, he was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep, looking after his father-in-law's sheep. That's what he was doing. But he spent 40 years in, in the desert tending sheep before his father-in-law. Before that, he was, he, was, he was a baby. They put him in a little, little, little bulrush thing. They put him in a little uh, boat, or whatever you want to call it, and she, they slid him out in the lake and, or the water, whatever it was. And then Pharaoh's daughter found him. She found him, and then she picks him up and says, oh, I'm going to keep this baby because they were killing all the boys. They were killing all the boys. So she said, I'm going to keep this baby right here. And, and then uh, she said, well, and then her, his sister come up and said, do you want somebody? She said, yeah. So she went and got Moses' mother. Moses' mother took care of him, raised him, and everything, done everything she needed to do with him, nursed him the whole nine yards, and she got paid for doing it. And that's amazing. But Moses didn't know what was going to happen at that particular time. Moses didn't know what was going to happen after he got grown and he refused to be called the Pharaoh's son or the Pharaoh's son, daughter's son or part of the kingdom, so to speak, or part of that, part of that group. He said, no, that's not, that's not me. That's not where I'm at. Why? Because mama took that child and she told him all about his, his heritage. She told him all about where he come from. She taught him all about the things that, that, that he was and where he was and what he stood for and all this and that. She told him about the living God. That's what she told him about. So after, after that, he said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I choose to be with the Hebrews, I choose to be with my own people. And then he saw him getting somebody getting beat up, so he went along and he killed that Egyptian, and he had to leave town. And he went to the desert for forty years. After being after forty years old, now in the desert forty years, now he's eighty years old. God comes to him, and God says, and just to make me paraphrase this more, God comes to him and says, Moses, where are you going? Moses was just sort of, you know, and, and I, I don't believe it just all of a sudden happened. I, I believe God was dealing with Moses uh, all along with some things. But Moses looked up one day, uh, and all of a sudden there's a burning bush over there, and it's not being consumed. Uh, so he tells to himself, uh, he said, I'm going to go over and see what this is all about. And when he got over to the burning bush, uh, I believe it's chapter 3, I think it is, about verse 5, uh, that's where God told Moses, uh, he said, Moses, take your shoes off, uh, because where you at right now, where you're standing right now is holy ground. Folks, uh, can I tell you something this morning? Uh, this is the sanctuary of God. I'm the sanctuary of God. I'm the, where the Holy Ghost lives in me. I'm where Jesus Christ lives in me. And God says, son, where you going? He said, take your shoes off for you're on holy ground. I ain't talking about physical shoes. I'm talking about spiritual shoes that we can bow down before God and give him everything that we got. That's what he wants from us today. He said, Moses, where you going? What are you doing? He said, take your shoes off, son. You're on holy ground. Where are you going? Moses said, well, I'm tending these sheep over here. He said, not no more. That job is through with. I want you to go back to Egypt. And he questioned God. And ain't no doubt in my mind he questioned God. He said, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to get my people. I've heard their prayer. I've heard their plea. I want you to go get my people and I want you to deliver them out of the bondage of slavery. Bondage of slavery. I just want you to. Moses questioned God. How do you know, Pastor? Because he said, look, Lord. He started making excuses. How many of us make excuses? Let me go ahead and tell you something right now. There's no excuse with God. So God said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go get them. Moses said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Lord. You don't understand. He understands everything. Okay. Did Moses say he don't understand? I don't know. That's just me talking for Moses. I'm talking for Moses right now. God, you just don't quite understand. You see, I'm a man of slow speech. I, I, I can't hardly talk. In other words, Moses had a speech impediment. Moses, what I understand, stuttered. And he had a hard time speaking. So that was his excuse. He said, Lord, I, 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 there's no way I can do it. But what did God do? God will give you what you need. When you need it, how you need it, and where you need it. He said, Moses... I got everything under control. He said, get your brother Aaron, and he's going to go with you. He's going to be your mouthpiece. And I'll tell you what I want him to tell them. Because you are slow at speech, but Aaron's not. So, come here. So, Aaron has got to, got to time... And I know what stuttering's all about. I, 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 I'm glad I didn't. You, you would think I did, but I, I, I got a cousin that stutters real bad. I mean, he stutters terrible. He can't hardly talk to you. He was about saying a word. I won't ever forget it. One time, I saw him in Walmart years and years ago. He was with his wife. I thought they were separated. Been married three times, and I thought they were separated. And so he walks up Walmart, and I said, 
I said, I didn't call his name. I said, I said, how you doing, buddy? He said, I'm doing good. He said, I, 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 I'm, I'm doing okay. I said, okay. I said, I thought you and her separated and you got your number. He said, no, no, no. Jerry, I, I want you to understand one, one thing. I said, what's that? He says, three, 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 three of them things right there is enough. I ain't getting there, no. He stuttered bad. I don't know how bad Moses stuttered. But God said, Moses, don't worry about you, brother Aaron. I'll tell you what to tell him. Now, he did that for a reason because Aaron been living with Moses. Basically, I guess, I don't know, maybe he won't. But anyhow, he knew his, he knew his brother, knew about his brother, knew what it was all about. But he had time to stand and listen to what God was telling, telling Moses to tell Aaron. Somebody will say, well, why would God do that when God can just tell Aaron himself? Because Aaron wasn't God's man. Moses was God's man. Moses was God's leader. God's, Moses is the one that God used to do everything that needed to be done. And he, and he used his brother to, get, to help get it done. Because Moses didn't think he could do it by himself. Amen? So he would tell Aaron what to do. And he said, God, what in the world are we going to do? How, 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 what's going to happen here? Who am I going to tell then that you sent me to go? I am that I am. You tell him I am. So, Aaron, you, 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 you got to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And if he asks who it is, you just say, I, 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 I am that I am. That's all you got to do. So when he get in front of Pharaoh, Moses is kind of scared, but God said, hey, what's that in your hand? It's a rod. Throw it down. Pick it up a snake. Put your hand in your bosom. Pull it out. Leprosy. Put it back in. Pull it back out. Healed. It's kind of God you serve today. Okay? So that's what he did. He used Aaron. Because I don't need you to help me preach. <laughs> he used Aaron because I don't know if Moses felt insecure or what it was about Moses. Somebody said, why didn't God just heal him where he could just talk? Because God's got a reason doing everything that he does. Right. Amen? God don't do nothing without a reason. And I don't have all the reasons for it, but when I get there, I ask him. I say, God, why don't you just heal Moses? Uh, then let him speak for himself, and then all this kind of stuff be done. No, that ain't the way it worked. But God done it in a way that every time something happened, uh, that Moses was able to go. But God said, son, where are you going? What are you going to do? Go get my children. So Moses goes, and he gets the children of Israel, and now he's doing what God, now listen to this. He's doing exactly what God tells him to do. He goes to get the children of Israel. He leaves them out. Now I'm gonna tell you something. They didn't leave. They didn't leave Egypt by themselves. Can I tell you something? They left Egypt with the best clothes. They left Egypt with the best bottle of money, the best shoes. They left all the jewelry. That I mean, the, the Egyptians loaded them folks down with all this kind of good stuff they could have. Can I tell you something else? I, I believe also that happened. I believe some of the Egyptians realized what was about to take place. That God was getting ready to do something here in Egypt. And the best thing I could do is get out. So I need to know the God that they know. So I. Can get to go with them and be with them and be, be recognize who, who they are and recognize who God is. So where am I going? I'm going with God. Church, where are we going? We're going with God. But anyway, it gets to me, brings them out. And now he's looking at the Red Sea. What are you going to do? <laughs> they already complained and backbiting and belly aching. Moses doing everything he can. What did God say? Moses, stretch your rod out. How many know this is a rod of God right here in our head? He said, Moses, stretch your rod out. When Moses stretched his rod out, what happened? The Red Sea split. Right wide open. And they walked across some ground. He said, God said, ask the people, where y'all going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Right now we ain't going nowhere, stand still. But when God makes a way, where are you going? I'm going with you, God. Listen to me, people. We've got to go with God. Every time God moves, we've got to move. He said, where are you going? They're going across the Red Sea on dry land. They get to the other side. Oh, they tickle slam to death. They are. But in the midst of all that, they look back, and there comes Pharaoh, 600 of the chariots, and all this other kind of stuff coming. And, and they just know that we're going to get beat up. We're going to get killed. He's going to kill us all. We should have stayed back there and ate garlic and cucumbers. Don't never look back. If you remember when I first came here, I told you to look back. You remember that? I said, look behind you 
And when you look behind you, I said, now look back up here at me. Don't never look back again. Keep moving forward. Don't never look back. Let me tell you something. Keep, keep looking back. It's going to keep you from going forward. So they got there and everything's going good. And now the, 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 the Egyptians coming. They don't know what the word is going to do. They're complaining and backbiting. And then all of a sudden, uh, what, what does God do? The wheels come off the chariots and all this kind of mess. They'll drag and can't do nothing. And then all of a sudden, when, uh, when the last one gets crossed on the other side, those waters come down upon them. Upon them. And what did God tell them? God says, hey, the, the, the ones you've seen today, your enemy that you've seen today, you'll never see him no more. Can I tell you something? Once you throw the rod out against the enemy, the, the devil himself, once you throw that rod out against him, He's going to go and he can't come back no more. He might try to come back, but he can't unless you let him. Amen. Hey, he's going to come back and keep coming back. But when you lay the rod of God out of, upon him, there ain't but so much that he's going to be able to do because he can't come across the, across the bloodline this morning. Ain't no way he can do it. He will not and cannot do it this morning. So where are we going? So Moses gets everything settled. And now he's at the point he's going to send 10 spies out. 12 spies out. Yeah. Go over and just look at it. Tell us what we got, what we're going to do. So they go out and come back, and they look at Moses. Moses, where are you going? We're going to follow God. Well, Moses, this is what's happening over there. These grapes, you've got to put them between a the pole. Man, I'd love to have some grapes like that. You've got to put them between a the pole, and we've got to carry them. They're so big and so heavy. There are giants over there. got six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. They got pretty close to them to know that. So they come back and they tell Moses all this stuff and all this stuff. And they say, Moses, there's no way that we can do what you're talking about doing. Ain't no way. But Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, Moses, ooh, listen to me. The God that we serve, he'll be with us all the way. We'll conquer everything over there because he's promised that's ours he's promised us that's the promised land he's promised us and if we'll follow God we're going to get what God said is ours Moses where are you going Moses said well it's like this the ten tell me all that's over there two tell me we can do it but the ten tell me we can't. The two tell me we can. So which way are you going, Moses? Where are you going? This crap, this, these two over here by themselves say, let's go with God. These folks over here says, we can't do it. It won't happen. We'll get defeated. We'll get beat. We'll get killed. So Moses went that way. Now, you will hear people tell you, and this is what I'm going to tell you this morning because I believe it's strong in my heart. I've been praying about this. I've been praying about this. Praying about this. You would probably hear people tell you that it was God's will for those children of Israel to wander around that wilderness for 40 years. Uh uh. In my spirit and in my heart, I do not believe it was God's will for them to move, or go around and around that same mountain for 40 long years. I don't believe it was. God allowed it to happen because of unbelief, God allowed it to happen because of stubbornness. God allowed it to happen because that's the way he went. So where are you going, Moses? We're wandering around this wilderness for 40 years. Now listen to me. Why did they wander around for 40 years? 40 years is a generation. Okay? 40 years is a generation. If you go back and you read, you'll find out that they backbite and barely ate and grumbled and said something to God to the point that, you, what did you do? You bring us out here to kill us? You bring us out here to die? God said, no, I didn't. But I'll tell you this. From 19 years or from 20 years up, you will not see the promised land. You won't see it. 19 down is going to go to the promised land. That, that, was, that was from God. Now listen to me. Why? Because of disobedience and because of unbelief and because of grumbling against God. For 40 years, they, they walked around and around the mountain. 40 years, a generation. In 40 years, the last one of that generation died out. Then God went to Joshua or took Moses up to the mountain. He said, Moses, he said, Moses, where are you going? He said, well, we're going to, oh, God said, no, Moses, I'm not going to let you go right now. You can see it, but you ain't going to be the one that takes them in. You can see it. So Moses and God went up on top of the mountain and one preacher put it this way. He told a bunch of preachers one day, he said, God killed Moses. 
And there was a hush over the house. I like, whoa, 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 what's he talking about? He said, well, let me put it to you this way. Moses and God took a walk one day and only God came back. God did with Moses. Moses, 120 years old, he wanted him obey his, he had the sight, as, as strong as he was. What, what did I, uh, 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 was it Joseph, one of them said, 85 years old, I'm as strong now as I was at 40 years old. Let me tell you something, God will give you the strength you need to overcome and conquer anything that's in your way. But Moses went to mind. He come down and told Joshua, Joshua, my servant Moses, he's dead. Or Joshua told the people, my servant Moses is dead. God's told Joshua, Joshua, where are you going? I'm going to the promised land. I'm going to listen to God and I'm going to go to the promised land. Moses, where are you going? Or Joshua, where are you going? We're going, to, we're going to take this. We're not walking around anymore. We're not going around in circles anymore. We're going and do what God wants to do because God I serve, the God we serve, he's going to help us and we're going to conquer everything God wants us to have. Finally, level, listen to me. We're not walking around in circles. We're stopped. We're going to move on and go and do what God wants us to do. I don't want to lose another generation. <clears throat> I don't want to lose another generation. I want to hold on to what we got and build on what we have. Because you are the pillars. You are the pillars of the church. So we're going to, we want to build on what you are, where you've come from, and what you've been through, and we want to try to make it a little easier for the ones that's coming along behind us. How many believe in here this morning that's a little easier for you than it was that came before you? Amen. Huh? I believe it was. So, where are you going? That's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. God's put it in my heart. Then, then he, he, he began to think about, he said, he said uh, talk about Paul. Paul, where are you going? And I'm going to finish up right quick. Paul, where are you going? Well, I'm on my way to, to, to destroy some Christians. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to destroy some churches. I'm going to do all kinds of stuff because they're Christians. They, we, we just do away with them. That's what we're going to do. Saul, where are you going? Saul, I mean Saul. Saul, where are you going? That's what I'm going to do. But on the road to Damascus, we know the story. On the road to Damascus, he's on, he's on his old horse. And all of a sudden, don't get whatever it was. And all of a sudden, a bright light shines. And he hits the ground. And he hears the voice of the Lord. And he said, Lord, what is it you want? He was struck blind, could not see nothing. So what happened? God, or Paul, Saul, he said, I want you to go to the city. Listen to this. The street called Straight. It's amazing how that street's called Straight. I want you to go to the city where the street called Straight I want you to go in the temple, and there you're going to find a man. His name is, uh, 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 what's his name? Ananias, I think it was. Something like that. And when the man, when God didn't only move on Saul, he moved on the man. The man said, God, oh, he'll kill you. We can't be good. God said, no, I've already took care of that. So when he got there, where are you going, Saul? Where are you going? So when he got there, he, the man laid hands on him, prayed for him, and the scales fell off his eyes. He began to see Saul, where are you going? You're no longer Saul, now you're Paul. Paul, where are you going? Now I'm going to build a church. Now I'm going to help people get saved. Now I'm going to help people realize who Jesus Christ is. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God's got you and I for. He's got us that we can help people get saved, that we can help people know who Jesus is, that we can help people get on the same road that we're on, that road called straight and make heaven our home because this world is not getting any better. It's getting worse and worse and worse. America is turning her back on God, turning her back on everything else. I, I, somebody just told me this morning, the state of Utah, they've passed a law now that I want to change my birth certificate. I can go change my birth certificate that says I am a baby boy that weighs seven and a half pounds. I can go now and change my change my uh, my, uh, my birth certificate and I can tell them that I want to be a girl and they'll put girl on my birth certificate. And I tell you something this morning. I don't care what you put on this or that or the other. You are what you are. You are what you were born as. You are going to stay that way. I don't care what you do. You are still the individual that God made you. And what people need to do is just realize kick back and just relax and realize that I'm made in the image of God and what God wants out of me, that's what I need to do. But nope, we're going to do what we want to do. It's our self thing. Where are we going? We're going straight to hell. But where are we going if we meet Jesus? We're going straight to glory. Folks, we need to do everything we can to reach out to our sons and daughters and granddaughters and grandsons and neighbors and community and let them know Jesus Christ is still alive and well. Where are you going? I'm going to reach them, God. I'm going to get them, God, so I can tell them all about Jesus. That's where I'm going. Is it going to be easy? Nope. The devil fought Moses tooth and nail. 
He did. He fought him tooth and nail. But he still made it at the end of the way. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, will you also go away? Where are you going? Will you also go away? Peter said, no, Lord. Because he's asking the disciples. Multitudes left. He said, will you also go away? Peter said, no. Mm-hmm. You have. You are. The word of life. We ain't got nowhere to go. You are it. You're the one. You're who we're sticking with. Peter, where are you going? Lord, I go with you even to the grave if I have to. And he said, before the cock crows, son, you'll deny me three times. Not me. I will never do it. Before the cock crowed, Peter denied him three times. He said, Peter, where are you going? The Bible declares Peter went out and wept. And wept subtly. He cried. Wept and wept. And asked God to forgive him of what he did because he sinned against Jesus. He asked forgiveness. God delivered him. And on the day, and when, he, when, he got, when he got over everything straightened out, he said, where are you going? I'm going to the upper room. That's where he wants me to go. Where are you going? I'm going to receive what it is he wants me to have because I got to have what he said I got to have if I'm going to do what he wants me to do. So Peter went to the upper room with another 120. When he come out, when he come out, he began to preach a message that three thousand souls came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and was baptized. Let me tell you something, folks. And I'm not telling you you have to. That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you you have to. If you're saved this morning, you're going to heaven. You live for Jesus. You do what, he's, what he wants you to do. And you be, you be 100% absolutely obedient to him, you're going to make it. But the conditions that America's getting in, condition the world's getting in, condition of things that's going on and how it's all collapsing in all of a sudden. And Washington, D.C. ain't going ain't, ain't to quit until they have conquered everything they want to conquer. And one of the things they want to conquer is shut the doors to your church. One of the things they want to conquer is they want to tell the people in the church how they're going to worship, what they're going to worship, and who they're going to worship. They want to tell the people behind the pulpit what they're going to preach, how they're going to preach it, and what they're going to say about it. They ain't going to quit until they get that done. Huh? But I got news for Washington, D.C. and all those folks in there. The true church of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Assembly of God, Church of God, Episcopalian. I'm not talking about I'm talking about the true, the true church of Jesus Christ. The devil will never put it down because he purchased it with his own blood. So I'm going to tell you folks something this morning. As strong as I know how to tell you, before I am anything else, before I'm anything else, I'm a child of God. Before I'm Pentecostal, I'm a child of God. That's what I am. Where am I going? I'm a child of God. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you shall be also. I'm a child of God. So brother, brother Bill, whatever God goes, I'm going. Because I'm a child of God before anything else. There ain't no devil in hell going to cause me to lose out with Christ. Be careful, preacher, when I'm telling you the facts. If I stay in the word, I keep the word in my heart, and I'm, this is what you need, what you need to do what I'm talking about right now, this is what you need. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is what gives you power to overcome the devils that's fixing to come your way. And without the Holy Ghost, it's going to be hard, 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 hard. So if, but if you complete, listen to me, if you completely obedient it to God, you won't miss it. But I'm going to tell you this. Jesus looked at his disciples one day and he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. When he spoke to the 12 disciples, he was also speaking to Jerry Barbie. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So I got to believe in my heart that God has spoke to everybody that's become a child of God. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he knows, the Holy Ghost knows he's your comforter, he's your counselor, he's your, he's your, he's your advisor, he's everything you need. The Holy Ghost, he'll bring you through anything that you're going through right now. Amen? We got people here that need prayer desperately. I, 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 my heart breaks for the Hill family right now. I'm just going to just tell you, my heart breaks for the Hill family. Why? Because our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. It's in the hands of God. We've just got to have faith and trust. God, but the Holy Ghost of God is what's going to give you the strength to continue on and carry on and not let the devil lie to you that God don't love you no more. 
Well, my mama died. I saw her taking her last few breaths, breaths, breathing. Blood running out of her neck. I honestly believe she bled to death because that, that stunt thing they put her in the neck, she was covered with blood. I think she bled to death, really. But I, you know, she died of pneumonia, they said. She had multiple myeloma bone cancer. She had heart trouble. She had all kinds of things going on. Diabetes kicked in. But when I saw her take her last breath, I said, God, I didn't have her as a child. I got her later on when I was a grown man. And I appreciate every minute you gave me with her. You gave her to me. Now you've taken her again. And I started to dwell on that a little bit. And God instantly stopped me. He said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's my call, not your call. And I found out there's a lot, of, a lot of things that's a whole lot worse than death, believe it or not. There's a lot of things worse than death. I had a guy in the funeral home tell me one time, a lady had cancer of the jaw, and, and it had eaten all the way down to the bone. I'm talking about just, he said, he explained to me, he said, son, I'm going to tell you something. Because I had to do the funeral, he said, I want you to understand this. I said, what's that? He said, I've been doing this a long time. He said, I'm going to tell you something. There's a, lot of things, there's a lot of things worse than death. <laughs> understand that. And this woman, what she was going through, what she was, what she was facing right now, she's blessed to be where she's at because there's a lot of things worse than death. But when I saw my mama, I said, God, you took her. God said, everything's going to be all right. I'll be with you. Where are you going? I'm going with you. I miss my mama. I love my mama. I hate to see her go. 58 years old. Saw her take her last breath. Broke my heart. And when I walked out of that room, I said, well, you've got to make some plans to do some things now. And I was the preacher of the family, so I was the strong one. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't do what I did. I did the worst thing you could do. I held everything in for everybody else. And I'm closing. Where are you going? I held everything in for everybody else. They didn't really see me cry. I went there once in a while. didn't see me do this. I stood strong. I was a preacher. I did this. They were looking at me. But I'm going to tell you something. About two weeks after my mama died, I almost lost control. Nobody don't know this, I don't think. I don't know if my wife knows that. Maybe I told her. I don't know. I almost lost control because it bored up me so hard and so strong. And when I released it, it was like a volcano just flooding out of me. And there for a couple of days, I thought I was going to lose it completely. But God said, where are you going? I said, I'm going with you. The devil's a lie, and I'm going with you. Because if I go with you, I've got a chance of seeing her again. If I don't go with you, I won't never see her no more. That's not the reason I'm going with you. I'm going with you because I love you and I desire to serve you and I want to do everything I can to help you. I do everything I can to help everybody else get to know Jesus Christ. I have people tell me all the time, say, why don't you retire? You're crazy. I said, because it ain't in me to retire. God don't want me to quit. God's got a burning desire in me to see people saved for the glory of God. And that's my, that's my heart. Where are you going? I'm going out to the communities. I'm going out to do, I'm going out to reach people. Going to the schoolhouses. Schoolhouses need somebody to walk in there and let them know that Jesus is still alive and well. They'll tell you you can't do it. It's against the law. No, it ain't against the law. They want you to believe it's against the law. It's not against the law. Not yet. But they'll come lock, he'll come lock me up if I go to school, probably because the principal will call him and say, you need to come get this man out of here. And he's going to come and say, Pastor, come on, let's go. He's going to say, where are you going? If he comes in and says, where are you going? I said, I'm going with you. Because <laughs> they're stopping me. I respect you for who you are. And I'll go with you wherever you want me to go. I'll leave. <coughs> but on the way out, I'm going to tell him, you're going to come back again. He's going to say, why? I said, because I'm coming back. Because I ain't going to give up. Well, the next time I have to put you in jail, well, you do what you got to do. But... And then when you put me in jail, I'm going to get out. And I guess what? You're going to come back.
You see, that's the problem with, with, with children today, with children of God today. They give up too easy. They want to quit. They lose out too quick. God didn't call me to quit. God said, where are you going? I'm going with you. I'm going with you. So when you get, when you get to thinking about where you're at, where you're going, tell yourself and tell God, I'm going with you. You changed Paul to Saul. Moses, you've done everything you could to help Moses. Moses done everything you could. Joshua, they, where you going? They went with you, and they had victory all the way. How do you know? Because when, when Jesus was ascended, Peter Peter told Jesus, "I built with build three churches: one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." And Jesus said, "No, you don't need three churches. That ain't what you need, son. You don't need three. Huh? So there's two people who has never seen death." But they were the Lord. That's Enoch and Elijah. Take it. Walking here today and going tomorrow. Take it. There's two people going to lie dead in the streets in the last days. Who you think it's going to be? I don't know. Could be Elijah. Could be Enoch. That's what you have How you want to say his name? Enoch, Enoch. Could be them two. Because they're going to lie dead in the, seat, in the street. Blood up to a horse's bridle. End times is going to be bad. But I ain't looking to all that because I'm going to be out of here before all that takes place. If I do what I'm supposed to do for the Lord. Where are you going? I'm going with Jesus. Let me advise you something as your pastor. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you may not understand it. Just begin to search them out, begin to study it, begin to read the word, begin to understand the word. God will help you. And, 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 and it's like when, when Paul came to a place and the same thing happened to me one night. I was talking talk about that scripture. Paul came in a place and said, have you received the Holy Ghost? They said, we don't even know what you're talking about. We don't know if there's such a thing as a Holy Ghost. We don't know. And Paul laid hands on them and every one of them, every one of them was filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost began to speak in the Holy Spirit gave everybody there's a man sitting on the second pew one night as I was preaching I was using that same scripture and he'd been searching been seeking the Holy Ghost for years and years and years and years and God moved on me that night as I began to speak that word and I looked at him I said let me tell you something Paul asked the people they didn't know it was such a thing but when he laid hands on them they received the Holy Ghost I said Eli this is his name I said Eli when I lay hands on you you can receive the Holy Ghost and I don't know if it happened then, but I can tell you this. During that service, if you went to where he went, he began to speak another tongue of the Spirit to gave the others. And some folks got a little mad with him because they'd prayed with him for all these years and it had to be a night they weren't there and he received the Holy Ghost when they weren't even there. They said, you mean you got the Holy Ghost and we didn't even know about you. Didn't, you didn't let us be with you. The one service you missed is going to be the service you wished you hadn't missed. So try to be at church all the time. God will bless you for it. Amen. Where are you going? We're going with Jesus. I know I was off the wall. I know I chased a rabbit here and there, but that's just what I felt in my spirit this morning. I just want to let you know that we're not running around circles no more. We're going to move forward for the glory of God. God told Joshua, hey, you've been around this mountain long enough now. Get up, go on, let's do something for God. Is that okay? Ain't God good? Somebody shout praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street, and we welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. When you watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. 
Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.